This podcast is for mature audiences 18 and over and for entertainment purposes only. Please contact your healthcare provider before pursuing any of our topics discussed. You're listening to Eat, Play, Sex with Dr. Cat, the place to get play, sex, and nutrition talk straight to your ears. Hey, lovers, and welcome to another episode of Eat, Play, Sex. I'm your sex expert, Dr. Cat. All right. I publicly admit that I am obsessed with funny memes. I send them to my sister, my best friend, my mom, my neighbor, the cute boy down the street who gave me his Instagram handle once and regretted it forever thereafter because I just can't not share these truths when they are on. And they aren't even the ones that are really wise quotes about life either. No, they're the ones with the pudgy little dog who's tiptoeing back to get more quarantine snacky snacks, or it's Prince looking super fly telling everyone to keep their quarantine sexy cute animals, or sexy related anything. That's my feed. Hashtag no shame. Now there's nothing wrong with a little bit of funny to lighten the heaviness of this time. And while we, and when I say we, I mean I, come across some of these memes that are all too real, perhaps like the ones that suggest we've become lazy, robe-clad, Netflix bingers, feeling no desire for sex, touching ourselves, or putting on pants to meet with our coworkers over Zoom. How are we actually feeling about this really? Or better yet, how is your relationship feeling about this? Hmm? And this is exactly what we're getting into today. More than mean medicine, I've got some actual DIY medicine with Ian Ferguson here, who is going to save our sexy asses from the perils of sexual boredom during the time of quarantine. No pressure, Ian. But before we get to Ian, I want to thank you all for tuning in, and I want to thank you for your reviews that help me gain points in the podcast stratosphere. I want to thank you for sharing your best friend and TikTok followers. I want to thank you for letting me know how this info has rocked your sex world, because it's literally my pleasure. My goal here is to help you to eat, play, and sex better. So if you haven't already, please head to eatplaysex.com where you can subscribe to the show, connect with me, and read more about how you can up-level your sex, love, and vitality. <sighs> Especially during this time. How can we keep this up? How can we keep ourselves turned on? And here we are with our awesome guest, that I'm absolutely stoked to have on the show, Ian Ferguson. Hey. Mm. Hey, thank you. Excited are you like, to be here. Yeah. Are you like me and are you obsessed with memes or is that, is that just me? <laughs> <laughs> um, I like a clever meme, but I am not in the obsession category. I, I find them all through my son. He's through very meme, meme friendly. Ah, how old is he? He's 11. He just turned 11. Okay. That makes sense. That makes yes. sense. Does he send you question because you're a dad, does he ever send you inappropriate ones or are they just primarily like, just like cute? Ha ha. 11 year old. Uh, age? Mostly they're just weird and absurd, like very, very <laughs> <laughs> out of left field humor. And often I look at them and I'm like, I don't, what is funny about that? I just don't get what you're, what you're laughing at. <laughs> 
I feel like he and I would get along very well. Mm. I think <laughs> I mean, he got it from me, but he's taken it to an extreme. Like I love absurdist <laughs> humor, but sometimes yeah. the stuff he throws my way, I'm just like, I don't even get, there's no connection there. Uh-huh. Like, I, there's no line to draw. So <laughs> this is amazing. That's so great. Yeah. I'm, I'm like the annoying person who sends it to everybody, but I, I'm pretty sure everybody likes it too. So well, you're welcome. A gift in the <laughs> inbox. Beautiful thing. Right. <laughs> right. Oh my God. I'm so stoked to have you on here. I've been, um, just recently, uh, talking to a lot of people about the erotic blueprints because you guys have your upcoming, uh, program that's going to be launching. Can you take a moment and share with our listeners, um, a, a little bit about yourself? Well, sure. Um, the, <laughs> whoa, that's a big topic. Um, I, what a question. <laughs> yeah. Big, big, big question. So give me your Tinder me, profile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, good luck finding it. <laughs> um, so, wow. Um, I can, I can, I can talk about my recent existence, my recent life, which has been this whole world of helping people do what we're here on this show to do, which is really help people connect with themselves, their erotic selves, their desires and partners and figure out like, how do you, how do you expand into erotic fulfillment? How do you get that satisfaction and, um, make your way through the road of confusion or, or kind of living in the silo that most people seem to be around their sex and sexuality because we don't talk openly about it. So, um, the last five, six years of my life have been dedicated to taking the shame out of sexuality, turning it into a conversation. That's, you know, practically like talking about how you prefer your coffee. Mm. Ooh, how do you prefer your coffee, Ian? Mm, with cream. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you know, it's it's so funny because people, um, you know, they they look at the stuff that I put up there, and they they I'm very open about talking about my sexuality, and then I'll get comments from people like, "How do you? How? Yeah, it's easy for you to talk about this stuff, but it's not easy for any of us to have these conversations because nobody wants to talk about sex." Mm-hmm. And then it's like, well, well, do you? initiate the conversations and they're like well no because nobody wants to talk about it with me but uh, <laughs> right? just start talking about sex you you'll become the center of the party i've learned <laughs> this over the last 10 years just if you have information if you have an openness about talking about the topic it's very easy to become the the life of the party yeah people really because- want to talk about it because they, they're, I mean, 90% of people are living in that silo and don't have any really positive role models or, or ways to go deeper into the topic. So it's like, I don't know. Um, we're all trying to fly a rocket ship and we've never had an instruction manual mm-hmm. because sex education sucks and there's all of the shame around it. So Nobody's got the decoder ring. Nobody's got the goods on really quality sex education that speaks to the entire range of human desire. And that's where the erotic blueprints have been a fascinating thing to work with. Jaya, my partner, she's the one who downloaded them, basically discovered them through her work. And um, being able to have such a um, all-encompassing language to speak about sexuality uh, has been I mean, a gift to me. And then I see what it does for people in their lives and I'm, and I'm just blown away. And, and I'm blown away too. I had her on as a guest a couple of years ago and 
she just, just expanded. So even my understanding of how I saw myself or how I held myself in this and, um, ended up studying with you all and yeah, yeah. And it was, it was so beautiful. So I definitely recommend it anybody who's interested beyond this conversation to, um, to definitely uh, continue that exploration with you all. (laughs) And, and of course me, obviously, but you know, (laughs) of course there's space for all of us. Mm -hmm. Um, and what a perfect time for us to be having this conversation because all of a sudden we have so much space Mm. to either Stay on our couch watching Tiger King until <laughs> until we've solved all the murders, or we can take this and dive into questioning who we are as sexual beings. Yes. So this is this is like we've got an erotic playground, and it's our own body, and we're here with it every day. We can't, you know, until death do us part. We we're not going to be separate from this physical body and it's an instrument and it has ways that it loves to be played and where it just hums and sings and like creates beautiful music. And obviously bodies have places where you are going to hit the wrong notes. And Mm -hmm. it's the, so the opportunity is to be able there is to be able to explore. So one of the things, because at the moment we're recording this, that we've got the whole coronavirus um, Mm -hmm. epidemic happening. And one of the things that keeps coming to us is, of course, the challenge of people who are single and, you know, siloing, living on their own, and they don't have anybody to interact with. Maybe they got roommates, but they're not with a lover mm-hmm. or even even people who are singles and perhaps they've uh, have families. They've got kids and they've been dating somebody, but now they're quarantining separate from each other. So they don't mm-hmm. have a way to connect and be in the same space. So these are really, you know, these are interesting times for experimentation of how we can expand the idea of what orgasm is, how we can figure out new ways to play with each other that create that turn on, create that, you know, a different kind of, but the same level of intimate connection, even though we may not be able to be in the same space together. Mm-hmm. So this is like the big challenge. This is the challenge of the day for the single folks. And then for couples, out there, it's the thing of like, you may have been living together or in a relationship for one, one to 25 to 40 years. And now that you've got this stay at home order, um, mm-hmm. I think you have, you said something about horny and ho- home and horny homebound. or something like that. Homebound and horny. <laughs> horny and homebound. Yeah. <laughs> I love that phrase. Um, <laughs> so it's that, it's, but you may be seeing the cracks in your relationship. You may be seeing where Ugh, yeah. all of the dissatisfaction or the um, resentments have built up. So connection is really hard. There's like a chasm between you. So how do you bridge the chasm or how do you navigate being at home with the kids and everybody under one roof where, you know, everything's going on and you've got no time to yourself. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of questions being posed by the circumstances that we're in right now. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the biggest complaints that I'm getting from people right now is, and and this is across the board, not just around sexuality, but the concept of isolation mm. and in relation to sexuality, it's the fact that they should have nailed down a quarantine lover, lover on Tinder before <laughs> this shit got <laughs> locked down. <laughs> now they're stuck by themselves and mm. feeling horny and single as fuck and not knowing what to do about this. Yeah. And not knowing, you know, like they self-pleasure, you know, only so much. And then they're like, oh, I don't know what to do with this. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> so that this is like this is what the opportunity is. Is like, are you? Um, it's a total opportunity to to like skill up. It's a total opportunity to indulge, and it's a total opportunity to start to discover that instrument that I was talking about. Um, mm -hmm. One of my mentors, Joseph Kramer, introduced this concept of, of orgasmic yoga, and it's very simple. The, the frame of it is simply putting, you know, 10, 20, 30 minutes aside for erotic exploration. So mm -hmm. a lot of people go into their self-play motivated by the orgasm. And there's nothing wrong with that, but that tends to be a quick fix. <clears throat> and, and usually people fall into patterns with how we get to orgasm or climax. Mm -hmm. So we're not expanding the, the erotic range or discovering more about what really, really turns us on. And like that's where the blueprints are also this amazing map of the potential for erotic expansion, because let's say, you know, like I would imagine, um, you know, my supposition is that a lot of people um, are very sexual in our blueprint typing system as how do they, how they approach self play masturbation. They're mm -hmm. going there for the orgasm, the quick fix, they're there to get off. They, and mm -hmm. then they've gotten their O vitamin and they're good for the day. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. And probably the same way, the same position, the same type of stimulation, right? Exactly. Yeah. So what is the opportunity there? And you, and what's interesting is that we may be self-pleasuring in a sexual blueprint, whereas we're deeply satisfied or turned on much more so by one of the other blueprints, like the energetic, the sensual, the kinky, or the shapeshifter. So you're, it's, it's kind of like you're at this buffet, this grand buffet, and you have all this opportunity in front of you for the grapes and the chocolate and the amazing wine and that, you know, uh, seared tuna and every flavor is on the table, but you keep going to the, the, uh, jar of M&Ms <laughs> and that's all you're eating. Like the quick mm -hmm. fix, boom, boom, boom. Not, not investigating, um, other, other opportunities. So, you know, for people who are I feel like I need to give just like that download of the, of what the blueprints are in their, in their superpowers, in their sort of positive light. You think that'd sure, be a, sure. a good thing? Cool. Yes, absolutely. And they can Perfect. also check out the um, episode with Jaya if they want an expanded version. Oh, great. Perfect. You can refer to that and then people can take the quiz uh, where you get your um, results of your primary, your primary blueprint type. And our quiz also kicks out all the percentages uh, of your diff of the other blueprints where you fall on those. So mm -hmm. the, uh, energetic, the energetic blueprint is really turned on by space, anticipation, tease. Uh, it's the energy they get the, their superpowers are like having orgasms from 20 feet across the room. They can have orgasms from a breeze blowing across their skin or a uh, transcendent kind of uh, sexual activity. So the and, and it's really that space, that anticipation, that tease. If you collapse the space with a sh with a energetic too quickly, you 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 run the risk of flatlining their pleasure, of having them just short circuit and completely uh, disengage, maybe even disassociate. Mm -hmm. So it's really being slow and very aware of the energy field. For the sensual, the sensual, they're the ones who bring artistry to sex. And they their superpowers are things like having full-bodied orgasm. They can they too can have orgasms without 
uh, intercourse or without ejaculation, like from biting into a juicy strawberry Mm. or listening to a piece of music that just sends them into an orgasmic state Um, and a shadow. Go ahead. You're going to say something. Oh no, I'm just like over here, just like, mm, yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm just well, like eating this up. That's funny that you yeah. do that because the, the sensual is definitely, you can tell them often <laughs> they will moan when they're eating food. Yeah. Um, they will um, need to adjust the lighting and they'll often be wearing all sorts of textures, you know, a, a different textured shirt and a scarf and a hat with something fuzzy on it. So they, they're very, very, very um, into the artistry of life. So mm-hmm. they bring that to, 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 uh, intimacy. You know, since I started, um, utilizing the erotic blueprints, I will tell my friends, I'll be like, Oh, this is you, <laughs> you know? uh-huh. just like being able to pinpoint how they, what their turns are, turn ons are just because of the way that they present out in the world. Exactly. And that's yeah. one of the superpowers when you really get to know each of the blueprints really well, you can mm-hmm. do exactly that. And then it becomes a superpower and we don't want anybody to use this for manipulation, but it's really about honoring the person you're attracted to. So Mm -hmm. knowing how they speak about their turn on, what words they use, how they like their environment, the way that they like to be approached um, with touch, getting really skilled in all of these areas allows one to expand into being an ultimate lover where you can have that deep, deep confidence that I know how to deliver orgasmic pleasure to my partner. And on the flip side, knowing these languages and knowing your own turn-ons gives you the language and empowers you with the ability to know this is is how I get turned on and I'm going to educate my lover or my partner as to how to play my instrument. So they mm-hmm. can win. So they, you know, because most of us are in a relationship to really enjoy ourselves with each other. So mm-hmm. why not get really, really, really skilled with how you are erotically, how you are in the bedroom? Yeah, I love that because it's it's also takes the pressure off of having to be natural at it (laughs) or Mm -hmm. with each other, right? It's, it's, it's giving you this opportunity of, oh, okay. So say we don't connect right now. That doesn't mean that we can't learn how to connect or learn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a phrase where I often that I use, which is, um, yes, sex is natural, but making love is an art. Oof. Oh, I love that. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to quote you on Instagram tomorrow. I'm oh, going to make it. a beautiful meme for just oh, for great. you. <laughs> uh, send me the meme, then I might become a meme junkie. <laughs> don't even start that invitation. Oh, man. <laughs> you don't well, know I what ha- you're getting into. <laughs> I have to see that one. It'll, it'll uh, inflate my ego. <laughs> you, of course. Sweet. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, so, what was, so we talked about sexual, energetic, sensual. Uh, we talked a little bit about sexual, but let me dial those yeah. folks in a little bit. Um, that's, the tip, there's, that's more what we stereotypically think of, what society sort of plants in our head about sexuality. It's the people who are turned on by naked bodies and genital touch. Mm. And the whole point of making love is to get to that orgasm, that climax, that ejaculation, so that you've, you win. Like that's a 
successful sexual adventure. And for sexuals, sex is like air. It's like breathing air or drinking water. It's, it, they need it. Like if, they, if they're going without it, they feel starved. Often if they're having a lot of frequent sex, they're feeling much better. They perform better at work. They feel better in their relationships. It's a way of being um, seen and acknowledged is being um, honored in their desire for frequent sex. Mm. So uh, I'll just skip so this to is the, like orgies and like <laughs> no. <laughs> general definitely, focus. <laughs> definitely could be, um, you know, probably turned on by pornography. Um, uh-huh. the, it's just that visual stimulation. They can go from got zero it. to 60 when they start getting turned on by the things mm. that, that uh, turn them on sexually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, another blueprint is the kinky blueprint. And the kinky blueprint, what we mean when we talk about kinky is whatever's taboo for you. Mm. So, you know, the stereotype in society is the whips and chains, the heavy domination, dominant sub, uh, the dom and the submissive. Um, and, you know, the, and that is definitely part of the world of kinky. And it's a very exciting world to explore. It's vast. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, what we mean by kinky is if having sex out of missionary position is kinky for you, that's your kink. That's mm. something that turns you on because it feels taboo. It feels forbidden and it's a turn on. So, and it feels like something you shouldn't be doing. So that's a, a big definition for us of the kinky turn on. So the element of shouldn't as a turn on, as something that arouses the person instead of inhibits it. Yeah. This is mm. alternative. This is when, and maybe even a sense of like this this sort of odd thing about what I'm turned on by, yeah. um, which the flip side of that energy is the shadow of the kinky, which is uh, shame because it's this thing of like, well, why am I turned on by that? Or I can't oh, let yeah. people know that I'm turned on by that. And a lot of confusion and isolation around their turn ons because they're thought of as taboo or the things that are not acceptable in society. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the grand finale of the blueprints is the shapeshifter. Dun, da, da. Da, da, da. <laughs> and uh, a well, a, a skilled and well-tuned shapeshifter is like the Stradivarius violin of orchestral instruments. It is, they, they are turned on by every turn on of all blueprint types. They're into the energetic, the sensual, the kinky, the sexual, and a big defining feature of a shapeshifter is they want it all. They want more. They have a voracious appetite for pleasure. They can be amazing lovers because they're into everything. So they can shift how they make love to please their lover. And mm-hmm. they, can be, they can be great on the receiving end because they also love everything. But the shadows for a shapeshifter, one of them is they want it all. They want more and they feel too big. They're too much. They've always been told that they're too voracious and they want too much turn on and too much sexuality. So they'll sometimes shut down aspects of their turn on. And another piece for the shapeshifter is they will um, often shapeshift to please their lover and therefore leave their other turn ons off the table and they'll end up feeling starved in their sexuality and the relationship. Mm -hmm. That was my, that was my, um, problem or challenge. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So that's your, is that your primary blueprint? Yep. Yep. It's all of them are, are 
just as strong as each other. <laughs> I love <laughs> Every that. Single one of and them. that's yeah, amazing, yeah. right? And yeah. sometimes do you feel like it's a challenge to find a partner to meet you and match you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't until, you know, this conversation um, with Jaya, you know, a few years ago um, that I realized, cause I had taken on what the other person needed all mm-hmm. the time because mm. I could meet them there. And yep. I thought that was, you know, I thought that was cool, but I wasn't, I wasn't satisfied. Mm-hmm. And in that became a thing. And, and then also, um, being really, uh, my partner's being really intimidated because I loved the kink and I loved the orgies and I loved the, you know, mm. the sensuality and I love the, the Tantra and everything. And, and they felt like they couldn't keep up or match that. And so, yep. So that it, that you, you speak beautifully, the challenges of the shapeshifter mm-hmm. of being able to be met in all of that that big appetite and the wide variety that you des- not just like, but you desire it, you want it. So, mm-hmm. you know, shape partners to a shapeshifter or shape, you know, need to, or would benefit by expanding their range of what they can provide, but even going deeper. And, um, and that's what the blueprints we, we really work to create for people is the ability to expand into the turn-ons of all of the blueprint types. So, um, it's not like it's a goal. There's no hierarchy, but being able to have the skill sets of the shapeshifter to be able to provide for a shapeshifter lover gives you um, that you know that sort of superhero sex partner quality. Can't mm-hmm. keep your hands off that person kind of quality. Right, right. So this really explains how you know we can express ourselves as individuals and how we can understand our partners to better connect with our partner. What about people who are single and don't have a partner to be able to explore or understand these things with? So this is something I hear often from single folks who are interested in this work and they'll say, well, I've got to wait till I have a partner. Um, I should be in a relationship so that I can really explore this deeply. And um, I, I, just want to scream, no, (laughs) (laughs) Um, because the genius is that you are an erotic being, Mm -hmm. regardless whether of whether you are in relationship or not. Mm -hmm. And this creative energy, this reproductive energy, the energy by which every single one of us came here to planet earth is our essential, is an essential core energy. It is the creative juice of existence. So being able to take this time while you're single to cultivate a real honoring of your own eroticism, really getting comfortable with your own body, dropping in, loving it, even the parts that you have been uncomfortable with in the past mm-hmm. is, and is, to my mind, an essential gateway to really living a fulfilling erotic life as one is able to be fully intimate with oneself that then gives one the confidence the uh, and the sense of um, security in in one's own erotic expression so that when you do come together with a partner or partners you're much more clear about this is my erotic body that this is how it's turned on mm-hmm. and to allow to bring another lover into that space to be able to guide them, train them even of this is how you love me. And 
this is what turns me on. And, and no, and, and coming in with the knowledge of that next dating partner, that next relationship where uh, you can be making sure that the person that you're with is going to meet you in your sexuality, that, mm. that they're willing, that they, that they want to be there with you, that they want to provide pleasure. And on the flip side of that is cultivating this capacity to be an amazing lover. So just like you talked about earlier in the episode with the blueprints, it's this divining rod. One of our clients, um, she was single and dating and she went on a date with this guy and she was like, in the first two minutes, her instinct was to just like dump, like end the end, be like, oh, this isn't going to work out. I want to get mm-hmm. out of this date early because she was kinky. That was her primary blueprint. Mm-hmm. And this guy just seemed not in that vein at all. He didn't have any kinky or dominant energy in him whatsoever, at least as far as she could read. Mm-hmm. But she took a step back and was like, wait a second, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to observe for a minute. And within a few minutes, she noticed energetic tendencies. And then she started to honor his energetic by the way she was talking with him, the way she was interacting with his energy. And then later in the evening, some sensual came in from him. He started to move in and put his uh, hand on her shoulder and touch in a, in a connected, deep, penetrating way. And she's like, oh, there's the sensual. Uh, that's cool. That's coming online. And then as he got even more comfortable throughout the evening, she noticed dominant kink come in and then she got excited. She's like, Oh, (laughs) okay. This guy has Mm -hmm. this capacity and it's a date she would have blown off if if she hadn't been able to honor the blueprint that she was finding in, in the guy that she was on the date with. Wow. So it's magic. It's, it's like magical stuff, superpower stuff. Once you start to get in and really, cultivate and understanding. And one of the, one of the things that I find so unique about our blueprint system is it's funny on this, as I'm talking to you, I feel like I'm being very forward about how awesome this system is. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I, I don't want to come off as like egotistical about it um, because I didn't create it for one, but I, I am actually deeply moved by the container that these blueprints create because they offer an oppor- they offer this opportunity for a full spectrum view of sexuality where when many people start to explore this sexuality you can walk through these sort of um, different doorways and they all seem to be separated from each other you could walk into the tantra world and learn amazing things there and go very deep into some energetic and sensual aspects. Maybe you know kinky is your thing and you can walk into the kink community and learn amazing things about consent and setting containers and what dominance and submission means and get into the philosophy of kink. But let's say you're, uh, you know, you're cat, you're a, a kinky and I'm an energetic and we're dating. Mm-hmm. And as an energetic, you take me to your kink uh, kink munch and your your kink experience, and I could just be completely shut off and, and freaked out, mm-hmm. and no way to understand d- more deeply who you are, what turns you on. Mm-hmm. I take you to my energetic tantra thing, and you're coming from the world of kink, and you might you might be like bored out of your mind, or like <laughs> this is really uh, like not it's way woo woo, and I don't I don't like this at all. Mm-hmm. So how do you bridge the gap? You know, it's 
very different opposing blueprints potentially, but if you, we put it all under one roof. So everybody's getting this broader spectrum look at all the different turn-ons, all that food that's on the buffet, all the delicious choices to find out who you are and more deeply understand a partner who may be a different blueprint type than you. So, mm-hmm. And how would this, so, so I'm kind of getting more of this, this idea of, you know, actual interaction between people would some, well, coming back to the conversation that I've got, Oh my God, my head, my mind just goes into millions different directions. Mm. Um, and coming back to that idea of orgasmic yoga, um, I could understand somebody being sensual and being able to set up a a little self-pleasure session with themselves, but some of these other ones like, um, you know, kink, how does somebody self-pleasure with kink or how does somebody self-pleasure with energetic? So first with kink, single together, no matter what, safety first. If you start getting into playing with implements or bondage or even uh, dom sub play, uh, get quality instruction because there's Mm -hmm. a lot of ways kink can go wrong. Mm -hmm. And it's really important to know how to set container, how to play properly, how to take care of each other in a scene. So safety first. For uh, solo exploration, I there's a lot of ways that you can play with kink. <clears throat> um, many of them are the sensation-based forms. So in kink, we think about, uh, we break it down into two different styles of kink. One is psychological kink, turned on by dominance and submission games, uh, predicament bondage, and the... sort of like the gameplay of the mental gameplay of kink. And the other aspect is the sensation-based or physiological kink. And that's the deep scratching, the spanking, the intense constricting bondage, and some of the more uh, other intense ways of doing intense kink play. Really yummy. Um, Yes, exactly. (laughs) It's a very, very, that's, it's my primary blueprint. So, um, so much of it is a major turn on for me. So solo play with kink could be simply exploring a lot of the different types of touch, deep scratching, um, mm. using slaps on your, on your skin, on your ass, on your inner thighs. There could be um, a, oh, there was something that just popped into my head uh, and it was like, oh, that's juicy. And now I, it's, it faded away. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe dressing up. I have some harnesses oh, that I'll put on. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So you can play with constriction as well. Again, mm-hmm. be uh, safety first. So I wouldn't do any kind of neck constriction, yeah. um, but you could do corsets or you could do ways of constricting breath. So mm-hmm. you're getting that constricted bond, bonded bondage feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a, you know, there's also singles and dating. So there'd there'd be a different way of playing if you wanted to play um, remotely with somebody else in kink land. I'm trying to, I'm trying to find out that and find that idea that I had because it was really juicy and then it just disappeared. Um, We'll let it arise whenever it decides to arise. Sounds good. Sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) So this is cool. So a a lot of it, you know, um, incorporating some of these concepts in here, um, for self-pleasure or, or, you know, in your own self-exploration. And then you just said, you know, connecting with somebody, um, I guess, digitally, right? Mm-hmm. Which is exactly yep. kind of what we're talking about here with with being in quarantine and not being able to be in physical contact with these people. Mm-hmm. So 
how can we, how can we play that? How can we? Well, this is that the beautiful thing of connecting using like learning how to speak erotically. Yeah. Right. So we have all sorts of ways, obviously, in the modern world of connecting with each other virtually. We've mm -hmm. got things like Skype and Zoom and video platforms where we can visually connect with each other. We've got texting. Um, we've got meme making. So you can make <laughs> kinky memes. <laughs> Doing um, it. <laughs> awesome. Cool. And then uh, so it, then it becomes about how do you use the tools? Because the tools mm -hmm. are obvious, but doing, feeling comfortable doing it and then, and feeling successful or really having great uh, experiences with text, sex texting or sexting. Mm -hmm. that's, that's a whole skill set, right? Yes. And yeah. it's scary to initiate. Mm. It's scary to initiate phone sex. It's scary to initiate text sex. Or I've always, okay, so I've always fantasized about being a cam girl. Uh -huh. <laughs> and now I have the opportunity, but it is kind of scary because you don't know how the person's going to respond to it. Mm. How so do you, what, you don't know how they're going to respond. Is there anything else that you feel is intimidating or has you scared to do it? I mean... <laughs> Me personally, I, um, I think, it, yeah, I don't know. I think, yeah. How are the people going to respond? I've definitely had moments in the past where I've initiated some of these things and it was not taken well. <laughs> it was, um, mm. they shut down. Yeah. Mm. And I realize in, you know, now that it wasn't meeting their blueprint because I right. was using words that were a lot more filthy and that wasn't definitely, they go. were a lot oh. more sensual right, and stuff right. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So that in the, in the realm. So first there's the thing of just like, how do you bring up the topic? How do you, how does one create safety and comfort being able to open up in that situation? Um, so vulnerability, I think is a good approach. Um, in general, some people, really like a dominant approach and like, this is what we're doing. And so having an open consensual, having that open conversation may sort of take the turn on away from what turns them on about doing sexting and um, internet sex. Mm -hmm. But um, in general, I think the best approach when opening up these conversations at first is one of vulnerability and mentioning coming in with the conversation of saying, Hey, I would, I'm nervous. I'm a little scared about having this conversation, but I'm excited too. Um, would, do you have a few minutes to talk about something that's important to me? And uh, I just want to open up this topic with you. So hopefully they're going to say yes. They might be a little nervous because they don't know what you're going to say. You can also temper it with saying, if it's a new dating situation or even you've been together for a while, you can just say, there's nothing you've done nothing wrong. There's no problem. It's just something I'd like to explore in our relationship. And I'm nervous about bringing up the topic. So that just opens up the dialogue that allows a space to have that conversation. The next part of that conversation could be, there's, um, there's something I'd love to explore. We're in quarantine. I can't see you directly, but I'm curious what you think about um, sexting. I'm curious what you think about cam sex. I'm curious what you think about phone sex. And then just get a response. Just wait in the gap and find out if they're open to it. 
And if they're nervous, they're nervous and just acknowledge it seems like you might be nervous about it. Can you, and then get curious. So if they're resistant, they don't want to do it. They're, they either shut it down or they appear scared to move forward. Get curious. I'm, I'm noticing my hallucination is that, that um, you got tense just then when I asked you this and you, when you said yes, you were sort of like a, yeah, maybe. And it doesn't sound like it's going to really turn you on. Can I ask you a few questions about that? Mm, I love that because not only are you inviting curiosity, um, but you're also attuning to the other person and mm. their reaction yep. to help them be more authentic. Because I always think about that when we when we have these conversations, like we can take somebody for face value of just what they say. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we're really paying attention to them and all the nonverbals, it can help the other person move past their protective mechanisms that they may not even realize that they're in. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, communication is is up to 93% not about what you say. Yeah. Yeah. It's about, (laughs) it's about how you're responding physically, vocally, and we all read these signals and we can make up stories about them, which is what most of us do. And, you know, he turned away from me when I said such and such, or his shoulders got tense. So I'm not even going to go further in the topic because obviously he was, um, you know, not, not able to open up to his intimacy and he's a closed off guy, make up all these stories. And then the conversation's dead. Mm-hmm. So it's that empathetic curiosity in arguments, in getting to know somebody, in going deeper into, into a sensitive topic, making space for people to have tension, making space for people to get upset or feel sad or angry without making a story about it. Hey, that I'm noticing that what I just said seems like you've really pissed you off. Can you just share with me more about what pissed you off so I can Mm -hmm. know more about you and how, how I can honor you in this conversation? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, I think that's a big one. Like how often we create these stories in our heads that aren't actually based in the ultimate reality of what's happening, but it's very real for us. And so it's kind of like bringing those to the forefront so that we can actually interact with them. Yes. Our minds are meaning making machines, (laughs) churning it out every day, 24 seven, even in dream state, we're making up stories. So are, you, are we choosing stories that empower us? Are we choosing stories that take us into deeper intimacy? Or are we choosing stories to become right or defend ourselves or, you know, feel safe? Um, and, or are, again, are the, story, are the stories that we're telling there to serve the situation? So people will often make the, the distinction or they'll think that they're sexually incompatible because there's their the person that they're with doesn't touch them the way that they want to be touched, um, doesn't speak to them the way that they want to be spoken to. And we look at it literally like a language of um, a, an erotic language, as if I spoke German and you spoke French and we're really into each other. We're totally turned on by each other, but all, I just say, well, I speak German and you, free, you speak French. There's absolutely no hope for us. Mm-hmm. Lost cause. Well, I'm done with you. Mm-hmm. Whereas what's all that's required is for me to learn how to speak French and you learn how to speak German so that we can fully honor each other in our own erotic turn-ons. So problem solved. Generations of sexual dissatisfaction solved in a moment. 
<laughs> I love that. I love that. And there's one thing that, that the two of you teach that I have found really helpful with my clients is um, because I'll have a couple who is one's kinky and the other one's sexual or, you know, vice versa. And they'll be like, but I still don't like that kink. But what mm. we've come to f- come to find out is once they're highly aroused with their own language, then mm. they're a lot more open to receiving the other language. For sure. So that's the benefit of creating arousal. So sexual for me is has typically very low in my percentages and my blueprint quiz. I just don't mm-hmm. operate in that immediacy of sexual energy. I I'm I'm turned on by it, but you've got to get my kinky or my sensual really fed for me to fully open to sexual, for me to jump right Mm -hmm. into orgasm and genital touch is just like my brain needs time to warm up. My body needs the (laughs) toggle to be able to relax and open to my sexuality. Um, Mm -hmm. So the, it's that same thing with each of the blueprints. I find that I have access to every blueprint type. I'm sort of a burgeoning shapeshifter in that way. (laughs) Um, But people who may not be into rougher sex or scratching or slapping if, and they're, they're coming from a sexual blueprint or maybe even an energetic blueprint, getting that blueprint so fed, so turned on once the arousal is there um, often people open to blueprints that they didn't think that they were turned on to at all. So mm-hmm. that, is, that is one way to start to merge blueprints and get, get people to bridge the incompatibility gap. Um, and then the other, a couple of the others would be that sort of curiosity piece. So often, let's say kink, for instance, let's say my kink is I specifically like to be tied down to a table and scratched deeply with, you know, scratchy nails and spanked. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I've done that. I know that that works for me and that's my kink turn on. Well, if I'm an energetic and I'm with this kinky partner or I'm a sexual, whatever other blueprint and I'm with this kinky partner and that just doesn't appeal to me, I have, I have like spanking somebody it feels wrong and, and I, I shouldn't do it and I can't understand why my partner likes pain. The first step is the curiosity piece so that, the energetic person could build some empathetic resonance with their partner and and start to get understanding of like, well, wait, what sensation do you get out of when I slap your ass really hard? And then Mm -hmm. the kinky goes away. Well, I just freaking love that sting and (laughs) it really wakes my body up. And um, I have this sense of being controlled and the person being curious, the energetic is got to go deeper. Okay. So what does that mean? Controlled? I don't like the concept of control. Can you tell me more about what feeds you about that? Mm. So it's this opportunity for that deeper intimacy that I think relationships are really, um, at least for me, relationships at their root core are about being with somebody who's not just got the willingness, but the desire to see me fully for who I am in every aspect what they may not agree with aspects. They may not want to feed my needs or desires in certain aspects, but they're willing to know me and be with me and figure out how we can honor and feed those pieces of myself. So I can have that conversation with my energetic lover about how I like to be spanked on the table and scratch really heavy and dominated and discover that, that it 
at least at this time in our relationship, it's not something that they want to open up to. They're good with the tying me down on the table, and, but they want to do more energetic or touch that can turn them on. So how do mm-hmm. we go about, let's get creative about how we feed that part of ourselves that wants the scratching and the slapping and the heavy domination instead of shutting it down. Just get creative. How are we going to play with that? And that means learning more, getting expanding into more erotic vocabulary. So you can find a thing of like, okay, well, I, I'm not really into smacking your ass really hard. That doesn't work for me. Um, the scratching part works for me. I can, I can really enjoy that. And then maybe I'll play with the spanking, but I'm going to do for a while. I just want to do it energetically where I'm going to, I'm going to threaten to spank your ass, but I'm just going to give you little love taps. And then you could, you know, the kinky person might discover, oh my God, energetic spanking. Oh my God, that freaking turns me on. The anticipation <laughs> of that, like, and you never give it to me. Oh my God. It makes me want to fuck like an animal, right? Yes, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's about discovery and play and setting, a, setting these containers of no judgment, right? So no, mm-hmm. nothing is wrong, nothing's shameful, nobody's broken for their desires. And the, that goes for orgasmic yoga and solo play. Like how can you get in that, that container for yourself of shameless play? I'm just mm. going to sit here for half an hour and maybe I'm totally resistant and I don't want to do this and this feels weird and, and uh, you know, all the stuff of shame of what masturbation means or having to hide when we were kids that we were turning ourselves on and, you know, playing with our private parts. All of that stuff has the freedom to come up. You can just lay there for half an hour for five days straight and just be in, in what erotic energy means to you and then choose to introduce something. Now I'm going to explore, um, I'm going to explore my perineum. I'm going to explore this, this part between my anus and my testicles and mm-hmm. really feel what I feel there. I'm going to mm-hmm. explore energetic touch. I'm going to explore sensual touch. Um, just allowing yourself the freedom solo to have that self-honoring and same thing in, in our partnerships. It's like how I prefer my coffee. Well, I like it with cream. My partner likes it black. We don't like the same thing, but we can certainly, I can, she can put cream in my coffee and I can make sure hers is hot and black when I deliver it to her. Right. And we just become better, more expanded lovers because of all of this. Oh my God. Yeah. And it's an endless exploration. It's a lifelong opportunity for deeper play, deeper fun. These are pleasure instruments, these bodies. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Everything is wired for pleasure. So let's utilize that, especially in this time of isolation. The pleasure, it gives us um, health, health, healthy hormone balance. It, drops Mm -hmm. our cortisol. It raises our oxytocin and our dopamine, those feel-good hormones. It helps people make better decisions. It helps people be more grounded and feel more connected. And this can be the case. Helps you from murdering your partner. (laughs) Murdering your partner. Yes. Yeah. Keeps you from murdering them. Yes. (laughs) But if we have time just to kind of go into that thing of murdering our partners, like right now, a lot of people are in this situation where tensions are high. Mm-hmm. Um, there may be issues around not just sexuality, but money and fear and um, being under one roof and, and seeing those cracks in the relationship. Mm-hmm. And if you're dedicated to your relationship or relationships, if you're, <clears throat> excuse me, poly or open or 
any other form of relationship style, if you're dedicated to your relationship and you're willing, then now more than ever is that time to explore and heal the, the, the great divide mm-hmm. by really loving, honoring, and discovering more about your lover, your partner, yourself, and how you can communicate better. Because these, this, these are times that will try men's souls. Mm. And are you preparing? And we will have a boom out of this, right? Whether it's in six months, two years, three years, in every cycle where there are these major crises, we can, there's always a boom. So are you yeah. preparing for, are you laying the groundwork in your relationship, in your sexuality, in your financial world for what's to come? Because things are shifting and it's, there's always an opportunity. And, and like I was saying a minute ago, being able to be in pleasure and lower that stress and feel more connected and more resourced and uh, more resilient, those are things that are going to help you get through any challenges you're facing right now and come out ready to rock and roll as we emerge from this. Mm, yes, preach that. Instead of mm. seeing this as an obstacle, see it as an opportunity. For sure. Wow. There's so much gold that we, that you've shared here today. And this episode is applicable to everyone, whether you're single, whether you're partnered, whether you're distant with your partner, or whether you're under the same roof. Yeah. And the erotic blueprints, I, you know, Again, I will highly recommend this program for for everyone and at least taking the quiz to give yourself, you know, that knowledge, that extra step. So I'm going to include the link in the show notes of how you can take that quiz and I want to know what your, what your results are. I want to know. Make a meme about it. Yes, I'll make a meme. (laughs) (laughs) And how else can people find more about you, Ian, Uh, the work? Well, so the, the quiz, definitely check out the link. I would say that that is the primary way because that's, it's, it's more about you than it, than it is about us. That does get you on our email list and we, then we get the opportunity to communicate, communicate with you. So that is the best way to get in there. Discover your type, have fun with it, share it with friends so that you can just open up this conversation. Of course, share it with your lover or somebody that you're dating to see, to see how the results can just out of the quiz alone, start to affect your relating with each other. If they want to get in touch with us and our work and see a little bit more about um, the whole thing, you can go to jayalove.com, which is J-A-I-Y-A.com, love, the word love, Mm jayalove.com, or jaya.love. Either of those will take you to our home on the internet, and uh, you can dive in deeper there. Blogs every week, that kind of stuff. Yes. Yes. And you have great videos too. I love those. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for hopping on and taking the time in. You definitely saved us all from sexual boredom. Yay. So woohoo. <laughs> Celebrate. <laughs> <You did it. laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity and thank you everybody who's uh, listening and, and uh, have an amazing erotic adventure. Oh my God, yes. And lovers, thank you again for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, please head to eatplaysex.com, subscribe to the show and connect with us and grab the sexy guides that I have for you because sex matters and so do you. So I'll see you next time on Eat, Play, Sex. Thanks for tuning in, lovers. 
don't forget to subscribe to the channel. You can find out more about our guests and topics from our show by checking out eatplaysex.com. Until next time, don't forget to nourish your sex life.